0: This is the Light of Truth Radio Broadcast with Michael Boldea.
1: All right, welcome to the program and thank you for joining us. This is the Light of Truth Radio Broadcast. I am your host, Michael Boldea, and as always, it is good to be with you. Uh, thank you for joining us, thank you for taking the time to listen, there's a lot of stuff we need to get into, and uh, as the kids like to say, uh, none of it's good. Uh, I know, I don't, I don't like being a buzzkill, I, I, I like to bring as much uh, joy and levity uh, into your lives as I possibly can, uh, but these are not times conducive. To joy and levity i do however uh have my uh, delicious beverage which uh, i will likely sip on copiously throughout the hour because let's face it you have to take your joy where you can and coffee makes me smile i know i'm sure somebody has a problem with caffeine everyone's offended everyone's got problems uh with everyone else and uh we're going to get into that because i think that um uh, It, it, it does a lot to reveal what the future holds, uh, especially for the church, especially for the household of faith, because um, we're fractured kids, and um, although Jesus may win in the long term, um, I, I, I fear that we will lose in the short term. Because while the godless are united in their desire to destroy the church, the church is divided, it is segmented, it is fractured, and uh, much of it is uh, at each other's throat. Uh, Because everyone's got a little clique, everyone's got a little group, everyone's got... They're of the pie as the kids like to say. You don't talk about aliens? Ichabod! You don't talk about giants? Ichabod! You don't talk about Noahide laws? Well, Ichabod. You don't talk about law? Ichabod. You don't talk about Torah? Ichabod. You don't talk about Hebrew roots? Ichabod. You don't talk about racial injustice? Well, Ichabod to you, sir, Ichabod to you. So this is what the church has become. It has become uh, small groups within a large group that each has their own, uh, I guess, pet doctrine to push or or, or, or pet focus, whatever you want to call it. And uh, in in all the hubbub, in, in all... The, the the fracturing back and forth and finger pointing and calling each other Ichabod as though I, look honestly I don't I don't think 80 percent of Christians know what Ichabod means honest with you I just I I think they like the the way the word sounds and it sounds as though uh you know it's real condiment well Ichabod to you sir all right good all right go back go go sit down and wipe your nose. This is this is an adult conversation with adults. So anytime anytime I hear a Christian, especially I know, see the Beth Moore fans are getting ready to they're warming up their fingers because they know what's coming, especially middle-aged women with over 10 cats. They like to throw that word around as though it was going out of style. Anytime you disagree with them, anytime you question uh their self-importance if you will anytime you shrug your shoulders and go "Eh, you know maybe you're not one of the two witnesses maybe God did not speak to you audibly and say you are my prophetess to the nations your name's Gail you're 76 years old and you have a bad hip it's all you can do to feed all your cats before they starve to death so you know what just just pull back on the reins of prophetess to the nations. Because that's, again, and, and and this is, I wasn't even going to go here, but we're here now, so might as well. Sounding to me how every quote-unquote prophet and prophetess to the nation comes to people with a platform and demands that they validate their self-importance. Otherwise, you guessed it, they are Ichabod. How darest thou, sir, not receive me as the prophet I have been anointed to be? You're just part of Ichabod again, because they don't know what it means. So they just they just they just throw the word around. I'm like, you know what? If if God called you to be a prophet to the nation or a prophetess to the nations then God will provide the platform for you to speak the message that he has given you. A lot of the so-called prophets and, and, and vision seers and dreamers and all this other stuff are trying way too hard. It's as though they're unsure of whether or not call them to what they believe God called them to. And so they have to manufacture the audience. They have to manufacture years if god has called you if god has given you a message he will provide the audience he will provide the platform the message will get out because that's his territory the only duty you have is to speak the message and you know what some people may reject it don't don't ichabod them because, again, there are shepherds that are responsible for sheep, that are responsible for what the sheep consume. And they've been around long enough to see a lot of shady stuff in Christendom, to see a lot of people calling themselves uh, the prophet and prophetess to the nation. I, I love the couples, though. The, the, those are the best. We are prophet and prophetess, you know, Bob and Bila, whatever. Please bow before us and show us respect. No, I'm sorry. I I show reverence to God. That's it. One and done. Anybody else I'm going to be naturally, instinctively skeptical of. Because unlike much of the church today, I remember what Jesus said. For there will be false prophets and false Christs in the last days who will go about deceiving many. So again, it is wise to be wise. It is wise to take everything with a grain of salt, including what I say. Because you know what? I don't know what's going to happen in two months, six months, or a year. Somebody trying to sell you gruel in a bucket may come up to me and go, hey, I got a business proposition for you. I'm going to put some potatoes au gratin with fake chives in a giant plastic bucket. The whole thing probably cost me five bucks tops. Then you hawk it for me. We'll sell it for 160 And we'll split the profits 50-50. Now, I'm not planning on going down that dark path. I don't want to sell you potatoes au gratin with chives. But... The heart of man is exceedingly wicked, so whenever you hear me speak on things, again, take it with a grain of salt. I know, I'm, 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 you're shooting yourself in the foot, man. No, I'm not. I'm being honest with you, because there are a lot of grifters in Christendom. There are a lot of grifters pretending to be visionaries, pretending to have dreams, And and even though their dreams just flamed out, even though their prophetic utterances never came to pass, people still gravitate because it's confirmation bias. They want to hear what they believe will happen. And those that speak real truth, those that tell you, hey, you know what? Maybe Donald Trump isn't going to ride on a unicorn and take back the White House with a Tommy gun and a fedora. Maybe that ship has sailed. Maybe you're clinging on to a hope that will never manifest or manufacture and and, and that will never come to pass. So, you know, maybe you should just swallow the bitter pill and prepare yourself spiritually for some very dark times, because, hey, we see what is happening. We see who's in charge, and we see who they're trying to appoint to positions of power. Uh, The latest of which, of course, was uh, the the Senate confirmation of uh, a very mannish, uh, self-identifying woman by the name of Dr. Rachel Levine. Now, Dr. Rachel Levine, although identifying as a female, conspicuously still has male genitalia. I know. Some people would look at that and go, that's crazy. Just because you grew out your hair and put on some lipstick, it don't mean you're not a guy. This is the person that's supposed to be the assistant of health and human services. She's neither healthy, nor is she, by definition, perhaps human. But this is the person that's supposed to be in charge of dictating what your children can do behind your back without your consent. And there was a very interesting back and forth between Dr. Rachel Levine. And by the way, I've scoured the intertubes. I went throughout Tudor. There has not been a mention by Beth Moore of how flowy Dr. Rachel's hair is. Because it's almost as flowing as Dr. Jill's hair. I mean, come on, Beth, get with the times. Strong, beautiful woman that Dr. Rachel Levine is. You should have mentioned her hair and that it was flowing. Yes, I will beat up on Beth Moore until the day she goes into the dirt. Because she deserves it. So, to uh, the brave and beautiful Dr. Rachel Levine, possessor of men genitalia. Uh, because I guarantee you, at some point, we're getting thrown off YouTube. That's fine. I'm good with it. Uh, but I don't want to make it easy for them. So, everything I've said is true. Dr. Leigh Rachel Levine, brave and beautiful, however, somehow, conspicuously, still in possession of male genitalia. And Rand Paul, who is also a doctor... Oddly enough, because man, they just torched the guy because he asked a very specific question. Are you for basically transitioning four and five year old children? And and Dr. Levine wouldn't answer specifically. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. Look, this this person has been recorded it is on video being very excited and excitable about excitable about six and seven year olds transitioning that means yes being mutilated and, and for to his credit i you know what not a big fan of guys with curly hair but rand paul's growing on me because he came out and said it, and he has uh, the bona fides, if you will. I know it's bona fides, but I've heard people trying to sound really smart go, "Yeah, what are your bona fides?" I'm all, all right. You know what, Ichabod, shut up. Um, but Rand Paul is 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 a practicing doctor, so he knows of what he speaks. And there has been enough data collected. There have been enough. Uh, I guess, participants that have uh, gone into studies that say children uh, thinking they were born in the wrong gender, if you let them be, will grow out of it some 95% of the time. So if Bobby thinks he's Betty... 95% 95% of the time, eventually Bobby's going to be Bobby because he's a boy. And like Dr. Rachel Levine, he has male genitalia. He has uh, testosterone. I know. Another, I've heard that one, too. What are your bona fides? And I think you have a little too much testosterone. It's testosterone, Ichabod. Um, but, yeah. Those studies have proven That 95% of the time Children who are confused about their gender Which again this is a modern day problem Once the bombs start falling And once people start starving to death In this country And once tent cities are bigger than actual cities Once the economy implodes Once inflation goes through the roof Once gas is at 750 a gallon uh, I guarantee you There's going to be a lot less uh, confused young people wanting to transition. Hunger makes you stop being stupid. Let's put it that way. We've had it so good for so long that we need to create problems for ourselves. We need to manufacture discontent because we have no reason not to be content. How come this is... By and large, exclusively, an American problem. I'm not talking about the the, the people in Thailand that do it because they're trying to feed themselves. And those are adults. And although I disagree with it, and I find it morally reprehensible, and it's disgusting to me, they're adults. The same can't be said for a five- or six-year-old. Yet Dr. Rachel possessor of man genitalia sat up there and wouldn't answer the question and, and Rand Paul pressed it, him, her Z, whatever, on it and still wouldn't answer the question and yes, that's, that's, they, they do mutilate themselves but oh man, the blowback that Rand Paul got for saying that <gasps> they mutilate themselves out of this world. He was right. They know he was right. And the fact that this thing wouldn't answer the question as to whether or not she was okay with five and six-year-olds transitioning tells you everything you need to know. But hey, Beth Moore, thinks a bunch Lady Gaga's outfit was out of this world. What do you think of Dr. Rachel's hair? Let's have a hair off between Dr. Rachel and Dr. Jill. Let's see who wears it better. What do you think, Beth? Is that worth a few hundred tweets? Yeah? Great. Great. Super. So unless uh, Beth Moore starts tweeting how beautiful Dr. Rachel Levine is, uh, she's transphobic. I'm just putting that out there. So there you go. I know. I'm just trying to stir a pot of feces to see if there's an odor. Eh, There is. But this is, this is now the world we live in. And when I hear people, just this, this fallacy, this straw man, well, well, yeah, do you think Donald Trump would have been better? Yeah, demonstrably, especially for churches, especially for Christians, especially for religious freedom, because kids, they're coming for you. They will not allow anything to stand. They just went over they just what? The person, the platform, called a racism. Dr. Seuss, he was like a greeny, blib. I, still. But if Dr. Seuss is now in the crosshairs, how long before uh, the Bernstein Bears or Veggie Tales? Because I promise you. Oh, that's good coffee. I promise you, Veggie Tales is somewhere on their list because Veggie Tales is homophobic and transphobic because they give a message of, of Christianity and Christianity is, is you know naturally transphobic and homophobic and also racist and white supremacist. Do you understand what's coming? That's the question, and if you don't, uh, I'm I'm very very sad for you. I really am. Because you still think these people are playing games. You still, the things that we used to mock three, four, five years ago are now being codified. And if you mention the absurdity of it, you're criminalized, you're called a hater. Now, another thing that is uh, of equal import with uh, just the utter buffoonery that this administration is and, and, and the people that they're trying to put into positions of power is uh, this straw man. Because look, if, if you can't fix the current problems you have to manufacture new ones so that it takes the focus off the real problems, and this is what they've done and this thing has has bled into the church it has bled into the household of faith and uh Apparently, my brother lost a night or two of sleep because this is, and this is happening like in Milwaukee. This is happening like right next door where we are. It's a, a personal assessment of racial residue. Um, this, this, this is what, what has now be, become the church. This is what's passing for the church. I'm going to get into that, but first, somebody sent me a screen capture of one of my programs. I guess it was last week. Uh, and um, I I, I talked about the whole idea that that racism doesn't exist the way they project, the way they portray, the way they wanted to exist. Believe me. All right, I grew up, I told you, in Southern California as a kid. When I was about 12, uh, if you went up Orange Thorpe, no, if you went up Harbor Boulevard, at the corner of Harbor and Orangethorpe, there used to be what passes for a bodega. It was like a liquor store. Like 90% of the place was a liquor store. Then they had candy for kids. And one day I went in there to buy, they used to have these tins of bubble gum that you could unroll. And it was like 50 feet of bubble gum in a little tin. And I walk in there and the guy that owned it the guy the guy that worked there uh, was Indian, uh, not feather Indian, but dot Indian. Uh, I don't know how long he'd been in the States, but, man, he had a heavy accent. So I walk in, I pick up uh, the can of bubble gum, because you could share it with the entire neighborhood. Fifty feet of gum. It's a lot of gum. Uh, and before I could even go to the counter to pay for it, in the thickest Indian accent you've ever heard, he says to me, You beaner Mexican wetback, do you have the money to pay for this? Now, I knew that I was neither a beaner, a Mexican, nor a wetback. So everything he said didn't connect with me in the least. You have to understand that I don't consider that racism, I consider that ignorance. I've been called a spick, I've been called a beaner, I've been called a camel jockey when I grow a beard. You know what? I'm none of those things. And even if I were, so what? I work hard. I pay my taxes. I raise my kids. And I, I, I provide for my family. I, this, this, this constant need to be victimized, this constant need to be a victim, this constant need to... to, to look, we got to the point of microaggressions now. Do you understand what that is? A microaggression is when someone perceives that that your eye twitched the wrong way, I guess. Look, I wasn't looking at you because you're black or purple or yellow. You have corn in your teeth. That's the only reason I looked at you. I'm not microaggressing you. But this thing is, is, is so unbelievably insane in the damage that it will do to people that were not and are not racist by any means if you keep calling somebody something that they're not and all evidence points to the contrary that they are not what you say they are what you accuse them of being their hearts will just grow cold their humanity will die We saw saw this happening with the whole Me Too thing. There were so many CEOs afraid of being accused of something they didn't do. They no longer took on female trainees. They no longer took on female interns. And a lot of these Fortune 500 companies, if you intern for one of them, then you're golden as far as a job is concerned. Because in every quote unquote movement, there will always be grifters, there will always be profiteers, there will always be someone that sees an angle and they try to exploit it. That's the way things work. Welcome to the real world. But this message I got, I guess, from last week's program. Wow, man, love your grandfather's teaching to life and your work you carried on after he passed. But I really can't listen to you anymore after this one. Took this long, huh? As a black man, I've experienced prejudice and racism a few times in my short 32 years. If you experienced it a few times in 32 years... May I submit that it's not as pervasive as most people say. Nine out of ten people are not racist in this country. I'm sorry. And this is coming from an immigrant that has been misconstrued as being a Muslim, as being a Mexican. I've been called every name in the book. But when somebody calls me a name, i it's their ignorance showing it's not that it's not racism, it's just, okay, you're kind of retarded, Ichabod. You're, you're in that basket of people, the ones that use Ichabod wrong. We need to define what true racism is, my friend. Because there were real racists in this country. When you take a man and you, and you string him up and, and, and you hang him from a tree, just because he's black, that is racism. But we haven't had those things. In isolated incidents among 330 million people, sure. But I think it's a bridge too far to say that everyone in this country. racist because of those isolated incidents. So he continues, uh, this is sad to hear you speak like this. I hope God puts it on your heart to see that you might not know the other people in another skin is really going through. Seems like you've gotten bitter or angry over the years. I'm not. I'm neither bitter nor angry, but I see where this is headed. As long as they keep People divided as long as we keep people afraid. And by the universal they, it's either people in power, people in government, globalists, whatever you want to call it. I didn't say racism didn't exist. I didn't say it existed on the level that people are portraying it. I'm sorry, there's no evidence to that effect. Please make sure that you aren't being sucked in by this mystery Babylonian spirit America is handcuffed to because you sound like everyone else. Now, there you go. So, again, I hope I've clarified because although you're not listening to me anymore, there needs needs to be an understanding and a definition of true racism and the whole notion of microaggression or a white guy having dreadlocks, or whatever. Look, we've become so hypersensitive that we're looking. We're actively looking and seeking out things to be offended about. And the church is getting in on the action because this is the in thing now. And before we get into what is happening... In the church, I'm going to read something to you. It's uh, it's from a book that a lot of people have in their homes, but very rarely read. And they should, you know, they should crack it open. You know, wipe the dust off once in a while, crack it open, see what it says. Because if you're talking about racial residue in a church setting. Then you've missed the boat. Now, this 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 book I speak of had uh, quite a few authors, but one of the most um prolific of them was a man by the name of Paul. And uh, he he wrote letters to different churches a lot. That was his thing. Uh, a couple to 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 his uh, uh, mentee, Timothy, but most of the time he wrote letters to the churches. Ah, That was good coffee. And he writes a letter to the Galatians. And in his letter to the Galatians, I believe in the third chapter around the 26th verse, Paul um, says something wondrously profound that much of today's Christendom has forgotten, and so we have to go down the racial residue track. But uh, he wrote this, For you are all sons of God, through faith in Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So, that's what the book says. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. So, that's the springboard. That is how we are supposed to relate to one another within the body of Christ. However, this is what is uh, being uh, promulgated in churches. A personal assessment of racial residue. Assess your residue if you're a white person. I kid you not, this is from a church. And um, we're going to read a little bit because it's 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 insanity. If you're a white person, how would you answer the question below? Have you always lived, gone to school, and worked in places where you were in the majority as a white person? If so, how might that have caused you to be wearing blinders? Can you think of ways you might have benefited from being white without knowing it? Again, church setting. This, this, is, this is what is being taught to people seeking spiritual succor. This is what is being taught to people that are seeking spiritual nourishment. Hey, whitey. Think about it. Have you ever benefited from being white? No. Not in any meaningful way, most assuredly. If I speed, I get a ticket. When the cop pulls me over, I've got his hand on his hip near his firearm, just as he does with everyone else. Because he doesn't know who he's approaching. Even though I may look menacing in a certain light, even though I could pass for Mexican, even though I could pass for Middle Eastern, even though I could pass for, as the Indian fellow that ran the bodega used to say, witchback meaner. The cop is still cordial, and I'm cordial in return. Hi, sir. Hello, officer. Can I have your license and registration, please? But of course, here they are. He takes them, and then he says, Do you know how fast you were going? I shrug my shoulders, and I say, I have not a clue. Well, you were going pretty fast. Well, I apologize, officer. And then you know what happens? He doesn't look at my license and go, oh, it says white. Okay, here you go. Bye bye. No, he goes to his car and he says, I'll be right back. Whatever they do in the car, I don't know, it shouldn't last that long. But he comes back with a nice piece of paper and he goes, Would you sign this for me, please? Oh, what is it? Well, it's a citation. You were doing 38 and a 25, and I gave you a ticket. And never once did it cross my mind to say, but officer, I am white. Because that would do nothing for me. He may give me a dirty look. He may think I was crazy. But let's continue, because that was just the level, level one residue. Because this is now level two of racial residue. Have you avoided conversations about racial tension because you're not a person of color and didn't want to say something offensive and be judged for it? Have you ever seen a racial injustice or heard a racial slur but kept silent because it wasn't your issue or because... You didn't know what to say? Oh. And then, of course, there's level three. And look, if, if, if people thought this way, it would, it would be a scummy world to live in. But thankfully, most people don't think this way. Except for certain people in office, because um, lest uh, my memory fail me, it was one Mister uh, Robinet Biden who, back when Barack Hussein Obama was running for office, said, "Oh, he's so clean and well spoken!" <laughs> uh, and 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 sign level three. Signs of residue, racial residue. Have you ever been surprised by the high level of accomplishment of a person of color? Seriously? Because, you know, I do it all the time. I'll I'll walk into an urgent care because boom, I nailed uh, my hand to a piece of driftwood and there's a Black lady sitting behind the counter and says, "Can I help you?" And I said, "I don't know. You're black. Are you sure you can?" "Uh, yes, sir. I'm I'm a nurse. Uh, what's the matter? Uh, well, uh, I'm I'm honestly surprised you, you became a nurse with all your disadvantage of of, of having melanated skin. Who does?" Whenever something so insane happens, it becomes a news story. Some eight or ten years ago, some, some Nazi, and this was an actual Nazi with a swastika on his chest, refused to be operated on by a black doctor because he was black. It happened so rarely that it was national news. And people were scratching their head and going, that's a special kind of retarded. You're willing to die rather than let someone of a certain melanin count operate on you. Well, hope you get what you deserve. In any sort of career field. Have you ever walked into an office to apply for a job, to talk to a doctor, to talk, I don't know, whatever, an attorney's office? And you walk into the office and you're taken aback, you do a double take, you're a lawyer? Oh my goodness, and you're black. That's so great. Nobody does that. Have you ever been surprised? by the high level of accomplishment of a person of color. No. It has never surprised me because tenacity, hard work, discipline have nothing to do with skin color. It has everything to do with the content of the individual's character. This is why someone like Ben Carson can grow up in the projects and become a world-renowned surgeon. Wherewithal, tenacity, focus, work ethic, and discipline. So let's stop with this before it goes too far, because you know what this is doing? It's creating racial animus. Ever judged, this is number six, by the way, in signs of racial residue by City on a Hill, Milwaukee Church. Yes, I called them out. It's on their website. So, I don't care. Have you ever judged the decision or performance of a person of color to be inferior without knowing about challenges in their current environment or the obstacles they faced in the past. What? Why? Hold on. Hold on. Pump the brakes, as the kids like to say. If someone is hired to do a job, whatever that job might be, They are paid legal U.S. tender for performing said services. And they fail miserably at performing said services. Whether or not they had a hard upbringing as a child, whether or not they're black, whether or not they lost a finger playing with M60s when they were kids – makes no never mind to me. You were hired to do a job. You can't cut it doing this job. I'm sure the explanation is great, but I need to hire somebody that can do the job. It has nothing to do with a person of color. Shoddy work is shoddy work. Everything, man, everything has. To... Okay, now, uh, to their credit, there is also a assess your residue if you're a person of color. Uh-huh, there you go. See, you thought you. <laughs> if you're a person of color, you may have residue too. Number one, and and, and uh-huh, you just notice how tilted these are. Have you ever made an assumption or had a feeling before or after you got to know a person that you could not trust them because of their ethnic background or skin color? I hope not. Because this is, this is for people of color, and apparently I'm not a person of color, even though I could pass for a person of color. Oh, by the way, gypsy. I've been called a gypsy a lot, too. But that's just in my country. And that's derogatory. And guess what? Call me what you will. See, we forgot Remember when we were kids and there was that that little ditty? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We should get back to that. I know we're trying to kill Dr. Seuss and we're trying to kill children's books. All we're going to have is Dr. Rachel Levine is going to come out with children's books. Do you think you're a girl, little Bobby? by Dr. Rachel Levine. By the way, 60-odd percent suicide rate doesn't matter to Dr. Rachel. Because even though she has man parts, all the estrogen flowing through her, she thinks like a woman now. And you know what? Feelings matter most. I know, see, now all the women are going, what do you mean? You, You caught it? You didn't catch it. Okay, never mind. It was a joke. Let it be. Don't dig too deep. See, if you don't want to take offense, you can choose not to be offended. I was trying to make a point. I made my point. But see, most people are on the other side of the spectrum. They're looking for something to offend them. It's like me walking into an Abercrombie and Fitch and having one of those little pasty, limp-wristed Clothing sellers go, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have anything in your size. Well, I should take offense to that. I'm Rubenesque. Why don't you have anything in my size? Well, because they cater largely to, you know, AIDS-ridden homosexuals. I don't know, but you should have pants that are over a size 30. That's all I'm saying. But that's just a different story. I'm, I'm just venting now. But you know what? I walk outside. I go into the coals, find pants, you know, 60% cheaper and in my size. So basically, they had to use more cloth to make my pants, and I got them 60% cheaper than, than the guys at Abercrombie were charging. That's a deal. It doesn't matter what, what color you are. That's a deal. Uh, so... Number two, and again, just listen to this. Uh, assess, assess your residue if you're a person of color, okay? So if you're a person of color, uh, you should assess your residue. Is the portrayal of your culture or people who look like you in American media upsetting to you? If it is, it's the media's fault. Because they chose to promote gangster rappers. They chose to promote thugs. They chose to promote gang members. Why didn't they go to Dr. Ben Carson and and, and give him a show, uh, a week in the life of Dr. Ben? Because it would have been so boring. He wakes up in the morning. He has a little oatmeal. He gets dressed, he goes to the hospital, he washes his hands, and he saves a life! He separates conjoined twins! How boring is that? We need something that pops. We need something that entertains. I got it! A week in the life of Snoop Dogg! What, what? I smoke my weed every morning. I smoke my weed every night. And he does. I'm not, again, nothing to, because Snoop Dogg's not even black. He's mulatto, so stop. But that's what he talks about. That's what he sings about. That's what his entire life revolves around. Endless, endless, endless hours of him smoking blunts, y'all. Not even a minute of someone like Ben Carson separating conjoined twins. So if you have a problem with the portrayal of your culture, it's the media's fault. It's not white people's fault. White people have their own issues. Signs of of residue level two now. Can you think of many instances when being a person of color worked against you or put you at risk of being humiliated or harmed? Yes, when playing basketball. <gasps> That's a racial stereotype. You know what? Blame the NBA. Why aren't there, you know, 5'11", 300-pounders, you know, with, 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 you know, red hair? Gingers playing professional basketball, huh? Okay, there was Larry Bird, but, you know, that, 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 he was an anomaly, I'm sure, if he did a DNA test. Uh, but this is, this is so insane. It's absurd. It's so absurd, and it's so destructive, because you have people actually questioning whether or not they're racist, never having done anything racist. So there were a couple of quotes, because uh, there was a, a Zoom conference with bishops and pastors on uh, how to handle current events regarding racism. And uh, again, like I said, this this. this really wrecked my brother because look we, this, your foundation should be Galatians 3 if you're a church that's it Galatians 3 you were baptized into Christ and have put on Christ he sent me some of the most uh, quote unquote profound quotes that he got out of this uh, Zoom meeting. I, I think I would have needed a new computer if I was watching it. But thankfully, uh, he did the heavy lifting on this one. So uh, I, I, I bought him a coffee this morning for having to endure it. Uh, this, th- these are some of the most uh, poignant quotes. And this, again, a meeting of bishops and pastors. Two viruses of this generation... COVID and racism. So this is from a pastor or a bishop. His assessment of the current malignancy that is sin, that has destroyed and is in the process of destroying countless lives. His assessment is that there are but two viruses of this generation COVID and racism. Transgender pastors? Come on in, Billy Bob Betty Boo. Come on in. We don't discriminate here. But man, these two viruses of this generation COVIDs and racisms. But yes, these are actual quotes, by the way. Whites don't have black friends. But blacks have white friends. Word salad, word salad, Ichabod, you're retarded. That's that's my comment. We need to listen. Hear what they're feeling. We need to give them a platform. We need to allow our culture to feel. Huh? Again, self-important people. Self-important people that that are on the brink of delusion. We should all say, I am George Floyd. I'm not. I'm sorry, I'm not George Floyd. I haven't OD'd a fentanyl. I never held a loaded gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. I've never been to prison. I'm not George Floyd because i made different choices. George Floyd could have made different choices. It wasn't the fact that he was black that got George Floyd dead. It was the choices that he made up until the point that he was handcuffed in the back of the cruiser and he OD'd on fentanyl that got George Floyd dead. So stop. I am Brianna Taylor. I'm not Brianna Taylor either. Nobody ever found a dead body in my trunk. I don't have a drug dealer boyfriend. But again personal choice you make choices and suffer the consequences thereof instead of telling people hey, I'm George Floyd and I'm Breonna Taylor I'm a sinner and I need to repent so I don't end up like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor we have lost our minds God is not going to use the church to heal the issue of grace but he's going to use the issue of race to heal the church's soul. Again, another quote. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Anything that contradicts that truth is a lie. So dwell on that. Because... Well, let's just say uh, that what's on the horizon for this here country is is not at all upbeat or optimistic. However, um, if you want to feel a little better about yourself, Uh, Doctors in England are saying three masks are better than two. So, uh, yes, there are dumb people everywhere. But they've weaponized everything that they could weaponize to keep people fractured and divided and at each other's throats. Because if you can keep people afraid, if you can keep them fractured, if you can keep them divided... If you can make them focus on things that largely they have no control over, then you can do whatever you want behind the scenes, and nobody will be the wiser. All right. So that was that. Uh, I was going to take some questions. Uh, went on a rant, didn't have time next week. Promise we will take questions for now. Thank you for joining us. This was a recording. Uh, may God bless you. May God keep you. Gino, if you got anything to say. The floor is thine.
0: All right. Thank you, Michael. Uh, we're so glad that you could tune in today. And, uh, you know, it's very important to be on top of the issues. You know, it's important to know what's going on because a lot of times people uh, see things happening like this transgender person that's up for one of the top jobs in the land for a health uh, department in the United states amazing that sometimes we don 't know what 's going on in our own world where we don't we kind of just let someone else tackle the problem or let someone else bring it up or let someone else deal with it. every Christian in America right now better be on the their toes in standing up for the faith every believer better be on their toes in defending truth every believer better be on awake and watch like a watchman on the wall because hard, very, very unprecedented times are coming to America. And when these things start happening in a greater level, and they will, uh, God will vindicate those that blew a trumpet, warned those that stood on the wall and And uh, I guarantee you that we have to maintain a vigilant attitude, a vigilant spirit in opposing what's wrong. You know, the pre-born need an advocate. Uh, In my state of Wisconsin, we want to advocate against marijuana being legal. We want to defend truth. We want to stand up for faith and family and freedom. So, God bless you all. As Mike said, we'll have a couple questions next week. Thank you for listening to the Light of Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast, The Light of Truth with Michael Bodea. If you would like to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website at handofhelp.com. If you have questions about our ministry, you can email us at handofhelpoffice at aol.com.